When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and I love to investigate crimes. I'm also a huge history nerd. I love untold stories, gross facts, and secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day, I'm going to share some of my favorite deep cuts with you. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so... Don't leave too soon, I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough, gonna go a year till you've had enough, it's 365. Today in 1946, it snowed for the first time. I'm just kidding. It did snow for the first time, I don't know, eons ago, sometime in the ice age, but today in 1946, it fake snowed for the first time, and the nation found it sensational. How did that come about? Well, let's reverse. Vincent Schaefer was a meteorologist and a chemist born in New York and became the first man to create fake snow. He graduated in 1928 from the Davy Institute of Tree Surgery, that sounds like a fun college, and afterwards went on to work for General Electric Laboratories. During the war, his work at General Electric led him to learning about aircraft icing. His team's experiments showed that ice wouldn't form on airplanes when there was enough ice in the surrounding clouds. This helped prevent hazardous conditions for the planes. Two other men were instrumental in the project, Irving Langmuir and Bernard Vonnegut. Langmuir was a Nobel laureate and had earlier fathered an experiment that helped prolong the life of light bulbs. Langmuir was known as the absent-minded member of the group, so scatterbrained that once he left his wife a tip under his breakfast plate, confusing his own kitchen for a restaurant. Vonnegut used to work at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and he contributed the idea of using silver iodide as part of the cloud-seeding agents to the project. Bernard Vonnegut was also the older brother of famed novelist Kurt Vonnegut, author of Slaughterhouse-Five, Cat's Cradle, and Breakfast of Champions. Kurt soon joined the men as the public relations manager of the project. Anyways, back to the snow. Schaefer figured out how to use dry ice and silver iodide to imitate the effects of ice becoming snow on the outside of planes. This is what led to the production of the fake snow. They worked on the experiments in a chilled chamber before attempting from a plane in the air. On November 13, 1946, from a rented single-engine Fairchild monoplane with roll-down windows flying over Mount Greylock, the highest point in the Berkshires in Massachusetts, the men seeded clouds with pellets of dry ice, which is made of solid carbon dioxide, and released them from the plane at 14,000 feet. The dry ice in the clouds created a snow flurry that fell 3,000 feet before evaporating. He had succeeded in making imitation snow. It was considered to be the first successful experiment in experimental meteorology and weather control. Langmuir watched from a control tower at a nearby airport and rushed to his team when the airplane landed. Then he called the New York Times, and the paper published the news two days later. In December, the men again went into the sky and seeded enough snow to cover a hundred miles. At this point, the men realized that the ability to manipulate weather could be used for evil instead of good, and transferred ownership of the project to the government. Though today we think of artificial snow as an accessory for skiing, 
the men knew that the possibilities could be more sinister, since these experiments had, after all, been developed after scientists figured out how to make fake fog to disguise ships at sea at war. Schaefer decided to combine these experiments with some of his own research on cloud formation, which is what led to his development of the fake snow. Once the project was back under the ownership of the government, they shifted it back to military focus. During the Vietnam War, there was a secret operation to create artificial rain on North Vietnamese supply convoys by seeding monsoon clouds with silver iodide. The men thought their secret had been a success, but since it was the rainy season in Vietnam anyway, there was no way to know for sure. Then, in the deluge of scandal following the Vietnam War, the efforts were not only revealed, but seen as an environmental scandal, and the United States ended up denouncing weather modification as a war weapon and signed a treaty in Geneva stating they'd never partake in it again. In a less secretive pursuit, ski resorts hopped on the fake snow train, and they began to figure out their own ways to craft the fluffy stuff within a few years. Today, ski resorts use a combination of machines and the seating method that Schaefer invented. Fake snow is also used on movie sets. When Bernard Vonnegut died in 1997, his novelist brother, Kurt, scattered his ashes over the same area in the Berkshire Mountains where the men had conducted their snow experiments. Though fake snow seems fun for all, there are modern governments who hope to use artificial weather for a more practical pursuit. In northwest China, there's an area called the Continental Pole of Inaccessibility because it's the farthest place on Earth from any sea. It gets super cold in the winter, but there's not enough moisture in the air for snow. The clouds up in the air are too dry, and this becomes a problem because without snow, the land isn't moist when plants begin to grow in spring. In an effort to create more moisture, people have shot weapons into the air on gray days to try and reproduce the effect that Schaefer initiated with dry ice by cloud seeding. Cloud seeding became relatively common in China to try and create rain in dry regions in the 2010s. The Xinjiang region alone has 700 seeding sites. Who knows, maybe fake rain and snow will come back into vogue as we try to find ways to fight climate change. Until then, I guess we'll see it on the slopes. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now for our music fact. Today in 2015, Troy Sivan released Youth the second single from his debut album, Blue Neighborhood. The song ended up winning the Best Video and Best Song Awards at the Australian Recording Industry Association Awards. Savan has said that the song is about finding the joy and being lost. Youth is now considered to be the song that made Savan a star. I remember watching Troy actually when I was younger, and I used to watch him on the channel O2L, which was a collaborative of a bunch of different creators, and then Troy went off and did his own thing, and I remember when I started listening to his music, and I think I was in middle school at that point, my best friend Anna and I loved Troy, and I just, I think he was one of the first people that I saw ever make it possible to start pursuing music from being an internet kid and become a legitimate pop star. Um, and not be shrugged off for it, for his origins as a YouTuber and being somebody on social media. And I don't know, maybe, maybe Troy doesn't agree with that. I have no idea, but I just hope that he knows he's paved the way for a lot of young people who are pursuing music. 
And now for our final segment of the day, I'm going to be going back into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a November 13th in my life. November 13th, I got a mysterious text message from a number that I didn't have in my phone. And it read, do you think God will hate me if I boil Sprite? I just want to know if that would make it more or less of a crime against humanity. Oh my God, wrong number. I'm so sorry. So naturally, the the best thing I could do was respond back to the mysterious number. And so I said, I'm going to scream, please boil Sprite. I don't know who this is, but good luck on your quest. And they responded, I'm afraid if I do it, then Satan will crawl out of that musty lime mess and just end me right then and there. And then I said, oh, they kept saying, but we all have to make sacrifices for the advancement of knowledge, right? Thank you for the good luck wishes. I'm about to doom humanity. And I said, few are brave to venture into the unknown such as you are. Good luck, soldier. And so I didn't have this number in my phone, but I was having a full-on conversation with a stranger about boiling some Sprite. And so this conversation kept going on, and you will just have to hear it tomorrow in the next episode of 365 with MXM Tune. Thank you for going back in time with me. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you can come back tomorrow for more facts from yesterday. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you.